Welcome to Done and Done. I'm Alicia, your hostess on this podcast journey, all things Dominic Dunn, where everything really does connect. Thank you for joining me today as we continue our journey into Six Degrees with Robert Evans, who we left in 1956 in the last episode, headed to Hollywood to promote his fashion brand, Avon Pacone. Robert Evans will stay at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which has been featured in many a Done and Done episode. Going all the way back to the beginning of our journey, episode four, we talked about the Battle of the Beverly Hills Hotel and the Silberstein Sisters. We've also talked about Nick's time in 1956 as well, same time as Robert Evans. Dominic Dunn is at the Beverly Hills Hotel getting his second taste of Hollywood, attending that infamous party at the home of Humphrey Bogart. All of it is so connected. The Beverly Hills Hotel into our man Nick and definitely joined up this week with Robert Evans. Before we begin today's episode, I do have some huge thanks to give to a few folks. Big, big love to JLZ, Daisy, and Lisa, who upped their membership on patreon.com slash done and done. They are now getting not done yet bonus episodes. This last week on not done yet number 68, we dropped the story of the meteoric rise of the middle class Joanne Connolly, debutante of the year in 1948 through her tragic death less than 10 years later. Excellent story. JLZ, Daisy, Lisa, I really appreciate your support and wanting to get those delicious Not Done Yet episodes. I do have two more folks to thank. Marilyn B. and Erica V. Holy cats, our newest supporters on Patreon. Getting in for all of it. Early and ad-free episodes and all the Not Done Yet bonuses. So grateful to all of y'all and the entire Patreon community. Y'all rock. One other quick bit before beginning today's episode. I am going to toss in a strong language and adult content flag. <laughs> Robert Evans is a bit saucy in his language and stories, and I don't want anyone going into this one without a clutch your pearls warning. Strong language adult themes. This week, we do arrive with a young Robert Evans with a budding career in fashion and before that, radio and a little bit of acting. But this week, Robert Evans is going to get his big break by complete accident. Or was it? No less than legend Norma Shearer discovers Robert Evans as he was sunbathing at the Beverly Hills Hotel. This fated day was November the 6th, 1956, and Norma found the man she wanted to play her late husband, Irving S. Thalberg, in the film Man of a Thousand Faces. Later that year, Robert Evans was cast as the bullfighter Pedro Romero in the film adaptation of Ernest Hemingway's novel The Sun Also Rises. His co-stars were Tyrone Powers, Ava Gardner, and Errol Flynn. This cast of Hollywood heavyweights were apparently not impressed with Robert Evans's performance and wanted him dropped from the film. But director Daryl F. Zanuck 
famously declared, The Kid Stays in the Picture. This tagline would stick with Robert Evans for the rest of his life and become the name of his memoir many years later. It was also the moment in Robert Evans's life when he decided that he didn't want to be an actor, but instead he wanted to be the person who gets to decide if someone stays in the picture or not. Evans said, I wanted to be the guy who makes the decisions, not the guy who has the decisions made for him. This is the episode that gets Robert Evans from one point of that sentence to the next, with appearances from many, many Hollywood heavyweights. Let's investigate. go back to November 1956 at the Beverly Hills Hotel. How does Robert Evans get discovered at the hotel pool? While laying by the pool making phone calls in his cabana at the Beverly Hills Hotel, a man comes up to Robert Evans and asks, Excuse me, young man, my name is Martin O'Rouge. Are you an actor? Evans chuckled and said, A long time ago. Arouge laughed at his response and said, It couldn't have been that long ago. My wife and I have been watching you by the pool these past few days. Her name is Norma Shearer. She'd like to meet you. Norma Shearer in 1956 was one of the few remaining Hollywood icons. She was wearing a striped robe, lounging on a chaise. After asking him some questions, Norma Shearer asked Robert Evans, would you like to play my deceased husband, Irving Thalberg? Norma Shearer further explains, They're making a film at Universal called Man of a Thousand Faces. My friend Jimmy Cagney is playing the title role of Lon Chaney. It was Irving who discovered him and made him the biggest star in silent film. He was only 20 at the time, too young to sign the checks, but not too young to run a studio. Would you consider playing Irving, Mr. Evans? At first, Robert thought it was some kind of a gag. When asked why she had chosen him, Norma said, I have the approval who plays Irving, Mr. Evans, and every actor the studios brought over for me to meet looks like a young actor. Watching you on the phone, I said to Martin, Now, that's Irving. He replied, Sure, why not? Cagney's the only guy I've wanted to meet. The next day's headlines on the entertainment pages around the world, including Luella Parsons and the New York Times, were all a variation of Big Splash, New York businessman dives in pool and comes out a movie star. And sometimes that's how it happens, but it's really never quite that easy this is a little bit in our episode today I like to call Preparation Meets Opportunity. Let's unpack that first story just a little bit more. What drew Norma Shearer to Robert Evans? She and her new husband had been watching Evans by the pool at the Beverly Hills Hotel now for a few days prior to approaching him. Shearer wanted to make sure that Evans would be able to accurately portray her late husband, Irving Thalberg. 
What was Evans doing there by the pool that impressed her? Working. (laughs) He was making calls and doing deals. He had rented a cabana and had a phone brought into the cabana with a very long cord since that was the only way to have a phone by the pool in those days. Norma watched him. He was just a handsome young man relaxing by the pool. He reminded her of Irving Thalberg because of his tenacity and ambition. The entire time he was in the cabana, he was working. He was making calls and holding meetings for Yvonne Picone. Thalberg was so young when he became a studio head at Universal, he was called the boy wonder boss of Hollywood. Norma Shearer saw that boy wonder in Robert Evans. After Evans agreed to play Irving Thalberg, Norma Shearer spent a great deal of time with Evans, teaching and coaching him. He spent the two weeks before shooting started with Norma Shearer so she could prepare him for the part. Evans said that Shearer told him everything about Irving Thalberg from the day he was born in 1899 until the day he died in 1936 at the young age of 37. He learned that Thalberg's heart was that of an artist, but his mind was that of a mogul. For days, they worked on the scene where Thalberg delivers Lon Chaney's eulogy. Bob Evans wrote, For days we worked on that speech, Norma coaching me so I would sound and look as much like Irving as possible. She was obsessive about every detail, every inflection of his voice, every pause, every movement of his head and hands. It wasn't a performance she was after. It was a resurrection. One day during their time together preparing for that role, Norma Shearer told Robert Evans that she was buying the film rights to F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Last Tycoon. The Last Tycoon was Fitzgerald's final unfinished novel about Irving Thalberg, but under the character name Monroe Starr. Shearer told Robert Evans that she hoped to produce the film herself for MGM. She said, I always thought that Tyrone Power would be perfect for Monroe Star, but Ty's too old. She smiled at Robert Evans and said, Now, Robert, you understand why I've been spending so much time with you. Recalling these events in his memoir, Robert Evans wrote, Was I lucky? Sure. But luck doesn't happen by mistake. If I hadn't had the experience of working with the pros, as a pro in radio, television, and theater, I never could have gone eye-to-eye with Cagney. Conversely, if I had just stayed an actor, Norma never would have given me a second look. What caught her eye was a young go-getter, sure about himself, persuasive, a subliminal reminder of the man who was once her mentor and husband. It's the old story, though. Luck doesn't happen by mistake. Rather, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Robert Evans will take advantage of this at numerous times in his life, as his life really is charmed in some spots. And why did Robert Evans agree even in the first place? What did he say? James Cagney is the one guy I've wanted to meet. 
Robert Evans is going to get his chance. Once filming begins, Robert Evans finds himself starstruck, working opposite his childhood hero, Jimmy Cagney. Also, there were so many important and even legendary people on set watching Robert Evans that he begins to freeze. After being unable to utter his lines a few times, the director becomes flustered, and listening to the whispers of onlookers, Robert Evans was convinced he was going to get fired. Jimmy Cagney walks over to Robert Evans and says, let's take a walk. Once they were outside, Cagney put his arm around Robert Evans' shoulder and said, let me tell you something, kid. Listen to me clear. I'm only five foot five. When I came to Hollywood, my first part in a picture, playing opposite a guy six foot five, one whole foot taller than me. You know, when the scene is over, me, I'm six foot five and he's five foot five. Remember, kid, in life and in acting, don't be afraid. Not of me, not of anybody. Come on, let's go back to the set and show them good. About this much-needed encouragement from Cagney, Robert Evans said, What a generous motherfucker he was. And I'll tell you something else. I got the words out. I finished the picture. More than that, I got great reviews. Cagney knew the feeling of looking up to somebody. Knew the feeling of being scared. That's a real tough guy. Thank you, Jimmy, wherever you are. Thanks a lot. Robert Evans said that Jimmy Cagney made him feel 10 feet tall that day. And Cagney's words stayed with Evans for the rest of his life. Jimmy Cagney and Robert Evans remained friends until Cagney's death in 1986. Legends, so many legends in this story. Robert Evans has been discovered. He's been able to work with Jimmy Cagney. He's building a future here in Hollywood. What happens next? We're going to be revealing all the next moves for the kid when we come back from a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings crazy funny ones. I talk to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. Robert Evans, he is only just getting started in Hollywood. And it's not easy. Robert Evans has a definitive thumbs down from David O. Selznick, legendary Hollywood producer himself. Let's talk about this story. By the time Man of a Thousand Faces had wrapped, Norma Shearer had already told Robert Evans about her plan to cast Evans as Monroe Starr in Fitzgerald's The Last Tycoon. So Shearer had Evans stick around so she could continue grooming him 
to play another version of her late husband, Irving Thalberg. Norma says to Evans, Everyone will be at Romanoff's New Year's Eve party. Clark Gable, Gary Cooper, Jimmy Stewart, Fred Astaire, Bogart and Bacall, Mike Todd, and Elizabeth Taylor, and especially David Selznick. I want him to meet you. I told him that you're going to play Monroe Starr in The Last Tycoon and that, more than anything, I would like him to produce it with me. Merle Oberon is joining us too. Would you mind escorting her? Good Lord, all of this is Dominic Dunn connected. Romanoffs, Bogart and Bacall, Elizabeth Taylor, Mike Todd, Merle Oberon. This should have been a triumph of a night for Robert Evans, but Robert Evans doesn't make it to that New Year's Eve party at Romanov's. Why not? Evans got a little sidetracked by a woman named Marissa, who persuaded him to instead spend New Year's Eve making love to her. That's not what Robert Evans told Norma Shearer, though, when he canceled on Merle Oberon and that New Year's Eve party, Robert Evans lies to Norma Shearer that he had terrible stomach cramps. Meeting Marissa, where she told Evans too, Robert Evans realizes that the girl, Marissa, is nowhere to be seen, but there were two black sex workers in the room where he did expect to find his prearranged date. When these ladies saw Robert Evans, they said to him, Want a party, honky? Robert Evans did not. He had already let his cab go, though, so Robert Evans had to walk back to his hotel alone on the coldest night of the year. Robert Evans never saw Marissa again, but as a reminder of this failed evening, Robert Evans did get pneumonia. He missed that chance, but all hope is not lost for Robert Evans Norma Shearer was still determined to introduce Robert Evans to David O. Selznick. So the meeting was all set up at Selznick's office at 20th Century Fox. Robert Evans described Selznick as polite and very interested in him. Robert Evans thought the meeting went great and walked out thinking that he definitely got the part. Robert Evans was wrong. So wrong. <laughs> David Selznick tells Norma Shearer, he's a nice young man, and he was adequate to play Irving opposite Jimmy Cagney, but Irving is the central character in The Last Tycoon, and to have the picture depend on this young man would be imprudent, both professionally and personally. We've discussed this project for too long for me not to advise you that this young man is no Irving Thalberg. To put it bluntly, Norma, the kid just doesn't have the chops. If your heart is set on him being Irving, then I'll have to bow out as producer. When Norma Shearer broke the news to Robert Evans, Evans remembers realizing that Selznick was right. Evans writes, Rejection breeds obsession, and it made Evans even more resolved to succeed. He may have agreed that he didn't have the chops to play Irving Thalberg, but Evans knew he had the chops to become the head of a studio. And it begins, friends. A decade after being rejected to play Monroe's star, Robert Evans 
was the head of worldwide production at Paramount Pictures, which now owned the rights to The Last Tycoon. Instead of acting in the movie, Robert Evans was producing it, and he cast Robert De Niro, who definitely had the chops. Did this experience leave Robert Evans with a grudge toward David O. Selznick? Not at all. Evans writes, He was and always will be the producer's producer. It was easy to understand why the producer's award was named after him. I suppose I wanted to be David Selznick. When he died in 1965, the first thing I did was try to buy his home from his wife, Jennifer Jones. But it was too late. Ted Ashley, head of Warner Brothers, got there ahead of me. I didn't get the part, and I didn't get the house. But that's not the end of the story. Many, many events would happen after Robert Evans tried to buy David O. Selznick's home in 1965. His career in life would take more twists and turns than any roller coaster, but 38 years later, in 2003... The Producers Guild voted unanimously to give Robert Evans the David O. Selznick Award. In his acceptance speech, Robert Evans made it clear how much admiration he had for the great producer when he said, Many have said that David O. Selznick died broke. He didn't die broke. Maybe in dollars, but he was the richest man in this whole industry. What greater wealth is there than to be remembered through all eternity? Do me a favor, David. If I ever see you, accept me for what I am. I ain't a bad guy. There was only one David O. Selznick. How proud I am to get this award. Thank you. Thank you very much. It didn't go all that great with David Selznick the first time around, but... Robert Evans is going to get discovered again, and this time by Daryl Zanuck. Robert Evans has had quite a 1956. Between the Beverly Hills Pool in November, missing Romanoffs on New Year's Eve, getting rejected by David O. Selznick, let's get Robert Evans to February 1957. A lot happening here in a very short period of time. In February 1957, Robert Evans walked into New York's El Morocco Club for a date with Countess Christina Pelosi. His friend Charlie Kahn had set them up after the Countess had requested to meet Evans. For his part, he claims to have had a very long day and tried to cancel. Countess Christina Pelosi had recently been on the cover of Harper's Bazaar, along with a multi-page layout. The photos had shocked America because the Countess had posed for these photos nude. Robert Evans and Countess Christina did not hit it off. Robert was late. He finds Christina boring. They don't have all that much in common. So Robert Evans decided they should dance. (laughs) So he wouldn't have to really keep the conversation going. After they danced, Charlie Kahn said to Robert Evans, that guy in the corner with the big cigar, he's been staring at you all night. Do you know who he is? Robert Evans looked around and said, no. Charlie responds, it's Zanuck, 
Daryl Zanuck. He's only the top producer in Hollywood. Evans told Charlie that he was probably looking at the Countess. With the evening turning out to be a total bust, Robert Evans leaves El Morocco. The next day, Robert Evans's secretary comes in and gives him a note that he was supposed to call Joe Pincus urgently. Robert Evans doesn't know who Joe Pincus is, so he didn't call. A few hours later, Joe Pincus, with 20th Century Fox, called Robert Evans back. Joe Pincus tells Robert, Mr. Evans, we don't know each other, but it's imperative that we meet tonight. I'll wait as late as you wish, but it must be tonight. At his office, Joe Pincus asked Robert Evans if he had ever acted. (laughs) Robert Evans told him he had just gotten finished filming Man of a Thousand Faces. Joe Pincus asks Evans, Well, young man, how would you like to play opposite Ava Gardner? When Robert Evans didn't reply, Joe Pincus continued, You were at El Morocco last night, right? This morning, Daryl Zanuck called me to his office to tell me he's seen a kid on the dance floor last night doing the tango. He's perfect for the part of Pedro Romero, find him. After calling Daryl Zanuck to let him know that he found Evans, Joe Pincus turns to Evans and says, You've just been set as Ava Gardner's Latin lover in the biggest picture we're making this year, The Sun Also Rises. Daryl Zanuck himself is producing it. Robert Evans has some questions. He will ask why they aren't using a real bullfighter to play Pedro Romero. Joe Pincus tells Evans they've been testing this part for a year. The ones who looked like bullfighters can't speak English, and the ones who speak English don't look like bullfighters. You're it. By the end of the week, 20th Century Fox had sent Robert Evans back to Los Angeles, and he was testing for the part of Hemingway's Pedro Romero in The Sun Also Rises. After watching his screen test, Daryl Zanuck said, The kid's perfect. Sign him. And Robert Evans is signed to play opposite so many Hollywood heavyweights within The Sun Also Rises. Originally written by Ernest Hemingway, Zelda Fitzgerald, Scott Fitzgerald's wife, had a thought about The Sun Also Rises, this particular novel, when it was released. Zelda sums up her thoughts on Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises this way. Bullfighting, bullslinging, and bullshit. Her feelings are fairly clear. Let's talk about The Sun Also Rises and Robert Evans making an alliance with a drunken Errol Flynn. Evans gets the part, and after driving five and a half hours from the Mexico City airport, Robert Evans arrived in Morelia, where the temperatures were well over 100 degrees every day. And this picture was being filmed in March. Robert was scheduled to meet with the screenwriter. His name was Peter Vertel. But when Evans showed up at his room, Vertel opened the door, started laughing, and said, You play Pedro Romero? Uh Uh-uh, not in my film. And then Peter Vertel slammed the door in Robert Evans' face. At dinner that night, Evans met everyone acting in the movie. Ava Gardner, Tyrone Power, Mel Farrar, who brought his wife, Audrey Hepburn, 
Errol Flynn, Eddie Albert, and director Henry King, and the screenwriter Peter Vertel. Evans said he might as well have been invisible at that dinner. Robert Evans will ask where Daryl Zanuck was and was told that he was in London making another film. Robert Evans knew that Daryl Zanuck was his only champion, so without him, Evans thinks that this experience is going to become a disaster. Soon, Robert Evans hears, Sit down, old boy, have a drink. He turns to see that it was Errol Flynn who invited him to have a drink. Once he sat down, Errol Flynn tells Robert Evans, Fuck them, they're all jealous. Tyrone, Mel, both of them played bullfighters. Then, Errol Flynn loudly says, Now they're just too fucking old. And he started laughing. Robert Evans realizes that Errol Flynn was completely tanked. And no one was looking at Errol Flynn either. He said that no one wanted Flynn on the film because he was drunk by two in the afternoon every day. Errol Flynn, knowing that both he and Robert Evans were both on the outs with the others, Flynn says, boring here, isn't it? I'll show you a bit of the local color. As they got up to leave, Errol Flynn looked at the group and said loudly, As long as you're here, old chap, don't forget. Don't touch the food, the water, or the ladies. They'll all give you dysentery. Robert Evans got into Errol Flynn's car, and Flynn drives directly into the red light district. Flynn pulls out what looks like a bottle of gin and drinks from it. He handed it to Robert Evans and said, Go on, go on, it's the only way to stay alive down here. So, Robert Evans took a drink. Immediately after the swig, he said, A bomb went off inside me. This ain't gin, it's mustard gas. Flynn slapped his back, couldn't stop laughing, and said, The fun's just starting. <laughs> Robert Evans actually got a little scared and told Errol Flynn that he was going to call it a night, but... Errol Flynn would not accept this answer. After a crazy night, back at Flynn's bungalow, he told Robert Evans that he was doing his autobiography. He took out a microphone and started recording. Robert Evans wrote, The wilder the music, the wilder the dancing, the wilder Flynn's memories became, none of them printable. But it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. So, Robert Evans in Mexico, about to film The Sun Also Rises, 10 days before he was scheduled to start shooting. There was a cable sent to Daryl Zanuck. This cable's meaning was concise and clear. It read, With Robert Evans playing Pedro Romero, The Sun Also Rises will be a disaster. This cable was signed Ernest Hemingway, Henry King, Ava Gardner, Tyrone Power, Mel Farrar, Eddie Albert, and Peter Vertel. The only cast member who refused to sign that cable was Errol Flynn. Daryl Zanuck replied, saying he would be in Morelia in five days. Robert Evans was to be in the bullring in full costume so Daryl Zanuck could see Evans perform and decide if he stayed in the film. Robert Evans thought for sure he was going to get fired. He said that gave him the resolve to say fuck him. He knew he had one week to become Pedro Romero. In that week, Robert Evans worked 18 hours a day. 
He will write of the day Zanuck arrived on set. When I walked into the ring that day, I was Pedro Romero. I walked into the bull ring, take off my hat, throw it to him. Robert Evans started the routine and moves that he had practiced so diligently. Evans remembers suddenly, Zanuck stands up, all five foot three of them, picks up a bullhorn and yells, The kid stays in the picture, and anyone who doesn't like it can quit. Evans continues here, He put the bullhorn down and walks out. That's what a producer is, a boss. Also, it was then that I realized that's what Evans wants to be. Not some actor shitting his pants waiting to get a role, but the guy who can say the kid stays in the picture. And he was really the embryo that made me want to be a producer and not some half-assed actor. After the release of The Sun Also Rises, Robert Evans was the only one who received great reviews in the movie. He was on the cover of Time magazine and was being called the next Rudolph Valentino. Daryl Zanuck announced a five-year personal contract with Robert Evans. He was the only male actor ever under contract with Daryl Zanuck. On the opposite side of that, there were many, many female actors under contract with Daryl Zanuck, but Robert Evans was the only male actor. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh. Somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. I talk to one of them. They stay anonymous. I can't hang up. That's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh. Somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. Got a few more stories today, and this is where it gets a little bit trashy. So Ernest Hemingway hates Robert Evans. Ernest Hemingway was furious when he learned that... An actor discovered at a nightclub was cast to play Pedro Romero from his novel. Hemingway happily signs that telegram to Daryl Zanuck. The September after the release of the film, Robert Evans was back in New York City. Here, the Yankees were playing in the World Series. Evans got a box at Yankee Stadium to watch the game, and it is here that he sees Ernest Hemingway. Robert Evans, assuming that Hemingway's feelings towards him may have improved since he had done so well in the role and received such great reviews, Robert Evans takes a chance, walks over to Ernest Hemingway and says, Hello, Mr. Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway doesn't even look up to acknowledge Robert Evans. But that is not the end of the Hemingway story. Because Robert Evans is just a little bit shady sometimes. He will write. About 35 years later, I meet his favorite granddaughter, Margot Hemingway. 
and for the very fact that I knew Papa Hemingway disliked me so, I began dating her. We went to Paris together. I took her to the Hemingway room at the Ritz Hotel. I looked at her and I said, Margo, I want you to know one thing. One of the main reasons I'm turned on by you is that I know Papa Hemingway would be turning over in his grave knowing that you are with me. I want to tell you the truth. He remembers that she looked at him for a while and wrote, She didn't laugh, but she got over it. And I think we may have had the best summer of our lives together. Sorry, Papa, but I'm still here, still in the picture. That is not the only other salacious story in this particular Sun Also Rises section of Robert Evans. Let's get into the degree of his affairs with both Ava Gardner and Lana Turner. Both ladies previously covered in long ago done and done episodes. Oh, it's just so connected. So about halfway through the making of The Sun Also Rises, Robert Evans and Ava Gardner began an affair. It lasted through the end of filming and for about six months afterwards. A few months after the end of filming, Robert Evans and Ava Gardner celebrate Ava's 36th birthday together. Evans describes her as being a quote-unquote different Ava. She was feeling down and depressed. While they were out getting drunk, Ava looked at Evans and said, You know, kid, my career is over. I'm finished. No one wants me in flicks anymore. Got no boyfriend. I'm just what you call over the hill. He said the thing was that in the late 1950s when she said that, Ava Gardner was sadly right. Leading ladies over 35 were considered over the hill. The memoir that Evans writes about this story was written and published in 1994. Evans follows up in 94 writing, Wow, (laughs) things have changed. It's now 35 years later and almost every leading lady is 35 years and north. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, pal, and hooray for the ladies. When the shooting of The Sun Also Rises ended, Robert's previous film, Man of a Thousand Faces, was still in post-production, and Robert Evans was asked to come back to Los Angeles to do some voice dubbing on the film. He was at the Universal Studios lot when a well-known Hollywood reporter walked by to go to Stage 7 to interview Lana Turner. Robert Evans said when he heard that, he was intrigued because, quote, Lana Turner was my fantasy ever since I was a kid, unquote. The reporter told Robert Evans to come over to Stage 7 when he was done with his dubbing and he would introduce Evans to Lana Turner. So, Robert Evans finished his dubbing as quickly as possible and proceeds directly to stage seven. Lana Turner was in a cockpit of a plane for the movie she was filming called Lady Takes the Flyer. When her scene ended, Lana Turner walks down the ladder and walks right over to Robert Evans. She sticks out her hand to shake his and says, My name is Lana Turner. Robert Evans said he replied with, "Mm, my, my, my name is Robert Evans in a very shaky and nervous voice. Lana Turner responded, I know, how's Ava? 
Robert Evans then realized that Lana Turner thought Ava Gardner was in love with him and that by seducing Robert Evans, Lana would be sticking it to Ava. Robert Evans knew Ava Gardner was not in love with him, and their fling was nothing more than that, just a fling. Robert Evans describes what Lana was doing as more commonly known as cat claws. Understanding exactly what he was dealing with, Robert Evans plays along. Did he tell Lana Turner that Ava Gardner wasn't serious about him? Absolutely not. Robert Evans writes, Why should I tell her? She had no more interest in me than Ava had, but I ain't going to be the one to tell her that. What it sure as hell was, was a unique key to a very short-lived romance. So now, here I am before my first flick was released. My name is all over the tabloids for dating two of Hollywood's most glamorous legends, both considerably older and both considerably infamous. Did it help my newfound career? You bet your ass it did not. (laughs) A gigolo, possibly. A playboy, for sure. But an actor? No way. Robert Evans, the kid, stayed in the picture. He's got a lot of pictures. We're still only in the late 50s. We're going to take another quick break now and return to conclude our episode today, getting Robert from the actor to the producer. Back in just one moment. So, Robert Evans definitely having some success in Hollywood. He will make a few other films, but really gets discouraged. In 1961, when he loses a role to Warren Beatty. Oh, that Warren Beatty. In 1961, two more eventful things are going to happen in the life of the kid. First up, Robert Evans's first marriage. This is one of his seven brides. Her name is Sharon Hugeny. Robert and Sharon meet on the set of the film Parish at Warner Brothers. Robert Evans says in his autobiography that Sharon Hugeny was being pitched as the next Elizabeth Taylor. Sharon is best known for her roles in the television series Maverick, 77 Sunset Strip, and the film The Young Lovers with Peter Fonda. The two really don't date that long before Robert Evans proposes, which he claims to have done so that his dying mother would see him married and settled down and responsible. At this time, Robert Evans is 30 years old, and his mom just wants to see him happy before she passes away. Sharon Hugeny, on the other hand, had just turned 17. Who could have thought that it would go so badly? The May 1961 wedding was attended by Elizabeth Taylor and Eddie Fisher, Cary Grant, Natalie Wood, and Robert Wagner, as well as many other Hollywood stars. Soon after the wedding, Robert Evans decided to return to New York. He's going to leave acting. He's going to go back into the fashion business. Sharon, his new bride, does not adapt well to the move to New York City. She was completely overwhelmed by the size and pace of New York. Robert Evans recalled that it was, quote, like setting a Persian cat loose in the Amazon, unquote. Sharon would have panic attacks and not be able to find her way around. 
six months after the May 1961 wedding. So let's go to November 1961 here. The two head down to Mexico for a quickie divorce. Sharon was back in Hollywood before her 18th birthday. And due to some kind of technicality, the divorce actually wouldn't be legally finalized within the United States until 1964, three years later. But for Robert Evans, marriage number one is done and dusted inside of 1961. So 1961, things aren't exactly working out the way that Robert Evans thought they might. Marriage number one is a bust. His first ride in Hollywood, not quite the ending he wanted. Robert Evans, again, back in New York City, back into Yvonne Pacone, that fashion business he had started with his brother. Something happens in the early 1960s. Revlon comes along and purchases Yvonne Pacone, And here, Robert Evans makes a fortune. This is enough of a fortune that this stockpile of money Robert Evans calls fuck you money. That's a lot of cash. And Robert Evans knows exactly what he's going to use the money for. He's going to buy his way back into Hollywood, but not as an actor this time. This time, Robert Evans wants to be a producer. With some key connections in the publishing world, Robert Evans got the inside scoop. He was told about any upcoming books that might make good movies. Evans's first success was with Roderick Thorpe's The Detective, which starred Frank Sinatra. Evans was smart enough to put into the contract that whichever studio purchased the rights to the book had to allow Evans to produce the film. And thus, a legendary Hollywood career began. Evans was soon hired by Charles Bludorn, the head of Paramount's parent company, Gulf and Western, to be in charge of production at Paramount. And although many in the industry were skeptical and critical of Evans's hiring, he soon showed them that he was more than capable of turning around the struggling studio. All of those stories and more coming for you in the next of our Six Degrees of Robert Evans next Monday here on Done and Done. The story is only just heating up. Thank you, one and all investigators, for spending your time with me today and for all the ways you support the podcast telling your friends, your interactions on social media, your kind ratings, reviews, and emails too. As always, your support on patreon.com slash done and done as well. Patreon friends, do be on the lookout Wednesday for this week's Not Done Yet bonus episode. We are investigating the Barbizon Hotel, the New York City famously chic convent, so to speak, for all the ladies from the 1920s to the 1960s. It is a revolving door of so many women connected into our investigation. Be on the lookout Wednesday for that on Patreon. Thanks again for joining me today. Wishing y'all the very best of weeks. And until we meet again, stay curious and keep on investigating. 
Thanks for listening to the Done and Done podcast, a Hemlock Creatives production. You can email us at doneanddone at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Done and Done Podcast. For further information about our episodes or sources, you can find us online at www.doneanddone.com. See you next week, friends.